0: You're listening to Razor Riffs with Keith Razor and Alan
1: Lee right here on L.A. Talk Radio. All
2: right. The
0: great Tom Arnold's coming
2: in via Zoom. Alan Lee, are you
1: ready? Okay. Give me a moment, guys.
0: Oh. Give him a Excuse me. Uh, did you hear uh, Tom? Yeah. Uh, Keith.
1: Yeah, yeah, we're not ready yet.
0: Yeah, yeah. You know, he said, he said know. take touch. your time, Tom. T- take as long as you wish. Yes. Well, I'm back.
1: I don't want to take too long. There you
0: go. Is Tom leaving? <laughs> Tom is leaving.
2: He's coming back.
0: No, no. Oh, dude. I don't want to take too long. That was funny. Did you have this on while he was.
2: Hey, Rifters, welcome to the show. Our guest tonight. Is the great Tom Arnold over Zoom? Hey Tom, how are
1: you? Pal? Oh good hey, over there, Keith. How are you guys doing? Uh good to see you. Good to talk to you. What's yeah. happening? Thank Not you. so
2: much? Thank you so much. Tom, this is Alan Lee, the trusty sidekick.
1: Nice. <laughs> Gotta have a trusty sidekick, that's for
0: sure. <laughs> sure. I'm up I'm up for Tonto.
1: Oh Just yeah, yeah. Me. There you go. There you go. Uh uh, he looks great too. Oh, is there a light on it in there?
0: I, yes, I have this little light on me.
1: Okay. Yeah. Well, good, <laughs> to see you boys. good to see you boys. What's happening? What's going on in the world?
2: Not much, Tom. I just, uh, you know, I just, you know, I was telling the folks in the intro that I opened up for you in Irvine about five years ago. And that was like a real big, oh. uh, boost for me because that was like one of the, my big first credits. And I was telling how much you mean to me in my comedy career. So,
1: Well, thank you, buddy. I appreciate that. You know, Irvine is a great place. Yeah. It's a great club. You know, I went down there, uh, last month, I think on a Sunday night, uh, maybe it was May before Memorial day. And it was just packed. I mean, it's just a great, you know, all places should be that good. Mm -hmm. Yeah. All clubs, all improvs, all just everything. Mm -hmm. And the crowd is great and a great Mm -hmm. bunch of folks. They really support comedy and, uh, that was a good. It was it was great. It kind of sets the bar pretty high when when you go to other places. But but uh, it was great, and it was great to work with you. And I'm glad that things are going so well with you and your career and your your podcast. It sounds like you're getting a lot of great people on. Yeah. So,
0: yeah. Well, it's I'm so glad done.
2: that you're finally uh, able to do it because you know I've been trying to get you for a while. But you know, then uh, COVID happened, so then you know everything got yeah. stopped.
1: So. Yeah. you know. Yeah, well, we could have done this uh, Zoom uh, COVID, but everything did get stopped, you know, yeah. and it's still kind of getting back to it, you know, in my business, uh, uh, the writers, I'm a writer, we went on strike a couple months ago, and now the, the actors are on strike, too. Mm-hmm.
0: Today, which, right? Today was the first
1: uh, day. Uh, uh, yeah, oh, which is, uh, you know, I mean, it's scary, of course, because you need to, I needed to work, that's for damn sure, and because uh, I have four ex-wives and a uh, single dad with two little kids, but but uh, it's also, I think, the way to get both strikes resolved.
0: Because yeah. it, it,
1: what mm-hmm. I've learned uh, growing up in Iowa and working at a, a meat packing plant mm-hmm. and uh, from uh, being around strikes is the more you could get support, you know, the more it affects management, the more, you know, uh, it would have been ideal if the directors had gotten a strike too with us, but you know, they're. Yeah, they're like just, three times power. Selfish. Yeah, they're selfish. And they don't. <laughs> they don't worry about getting replaced by AI, um, but I think it's this is a very important strike because uh, uh, of the issues with streaming and AI, and you know this happens once in a back in 1960 the last time that we were on strike SAG and, and the Writers Guild together, Ronald Reagan was the the head of SAG, uh, believe it or not, and that because of that strike and the people that stuck it out. We get residuals, mm-hmm. and but we're not for that. I mean, that's a game changer, and I feel like this is another game changer moment mm-hmm. for my business. Yeah. Do
2: you, speaking of AI, do you do you think like maybe like the future is kind of scary because like they can make robots and then place like for example Tom Arnold's face on it oh. and then put
1: you in a movie that you had uh, no desire to even do. You well, I mean? I mean, they could they could definitely create content. Uh, I've, I've kind of enjoyed it because my kids can put Tom Arnold is the devil in a in a site. I forget which site it is. And it comes up <laughs> with these amazing pictures. And so for that stuff, I think it's fantastic. I think, that is uh, funny. I think the uh, productions will take advantage of it a, as best they can. And, and also with the writing. You know, somebody put in a Tom Arnold style joke. And came yeah. Up with some divorce jokes. Yeah. And uh, although if they were good, I would use them, trust <laughs> me. Um, I think there's a lot of positive things about uh, AI. I think mm-hmm. uh, uh, maybe uh, getting cures for diseases quicker, you know, yeah. the way they, they use, uh, you know, their models. And uh, but th- th- there's also, you know, and we've seen deep fakes for a while where, uh, and they're kind of hilarious where they have actors or politicians say things they didn't say. and. And comedy-wise, you could—it's great. Um, yeah. you know, Arnold Schwarzenegger, a show I did, uh, and I'm going to do the next season on uh, Netflix. His, his show, Fubar, uh, a comedian, which is so
2: funny, by the way. Uh, yeah.
1: Well, Brian Monarch, who's a comedian who books rooms around too, uh, got the, uh, the Netflix had him do deep fakes with Arnold in all these different scenarios, and, and it was very funny. So there's a lot of of uh, positive uh, stuff from this technology. Uh, I think you just gotta, in, in our business, we just gotta make sure we, we are getting paid. Like if they do a, a deep fake of Keith at a comedy club or a, you know, you want yeah. a, which is fantastic, but you just wanna get paid. That's what, They can do whatever they want with, with me as long as I get paid. You know, it reminds me, you guys are younger than this, but back in the day, there's a, a guy named Gallagher. And he smashed watermelons. He was very big at the improv. The, yeah, he just
2: story. passed a few uh, years yeah, ago. He
1: did. But for a while, his brother started uh, touring as Gallagher, too, mm-hmm. without his permission. But his brother kind of looked the same. And mm-hmm. it's sort of like that, you know. Um, you know, they, they uh, and again, I'm, you know, sometimes I read on the Internet things that I allegedly endorse, whether it be diet products or whatever, which I have not. You Know, I did lose a bunch of weight, but they'll take celebrities' faces. And my first thought is, how do I get paid for that? Uh, and then I'll figure out if I, <laughs> you yeah, know, endorse <laughs> if it. the product you works. Know, I'm out for <laughs> endorsing all kinds of stuff, you know, and diseases and all kinds of stuff, but you got to get paid for it. That's No, right. oh, definitely. And uh, the,
2: the one thing I did wanted to ask you is, like, uh, for example, in Austin Powers, your cameo was the the funniest scene I feel in the whole movie, and for a while, you know, in all these movies, like you were the cameo guy, and now like Ryan Reynolds does all the cameos, but like I feel you kind of started the cameo special star thing, you know what I mean?
1: Well, I don't, I don't, I don't know about that, but I do know that by uh, one day working on Austin Powers, people remember that. See, it's a good lesson because I have worked seven months on a movie, and nobody, nobody. Knows it or remembers it, and uh, it was a great opportunity because you know I love Mike Myers, and uh, 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 it's funny because I got a, Demi Moore was one of the producers of Austin Powers, and she called and said, "Oh my God, this oh. scene we'd love you to do. We can only think of you in this scene. It would be great." I was like, "Well, let me read it." I read it. It was it was me taking a dump. I was like, "Is that the only person you could think of?" Doing? But it turned out to be great fun, and Jay Roach the the director and everybody we had a great <laughs> fun day, and uh, some ad living and just general fun, and and uh, so that's a it's a good thing to do uh, once in a while. Now you know I have been in a lot of movies, and and now I, I started, you know, because I need money. Uh, there's these <laughs> movies I, I wasn't even aware of how this is done, but uh, uh, there, there's a lot of sci-fi movies and uh, some horror movies and. Uh, uh, what what happens is that I, I went up to Vegas and shot this thing for three days and boy and I'll tell you if you shoot one day or three days they want to get a ton of stuff from you because they pay you for a day and so they want to shoot a 100 seats you know yeah they want to milk
2: out. your time yeah
1: yeah which I get which I get you know and uh but uh it, it was the end of the last day first of all I noticed the other actors in the crowd scene didn't seem to be actors and I started talking to them, and, Everybody had one line, one line. And they they crowdsource these movies. So these Mm -hmm. people uh, put money and then they travel around and get to be in these movies. They're very nice people, but there's a whole culture of that. And so that makes it, it, actually with a crowd scene, it kind of, of, because sometimes it's better to have people that are obviously not acting. (laughs) (laughs) But I really uh, got to like these people and understand what they do. And a lot of them quit their jobs. They just go around and act in movies wherever. They're like uh, they're like Deadheads with for the Grateful Dead. But I was,
0: <laughs> and, uh, wow. but it
1: was great. But at a certain point, you know, because I, I mean, I can't work over twelve hours. At a certain point, mm. uh, it was there was still a stack of scenes to shoot, and I said to the director, "You have to kill me in the next scene because I have to go home." And he's like, "Okay." <laughs> so then they rewrite, you know that's a that's a great thing about these they can go okay we'll kill you now yeah. and uh um, <laughs> you know, you do your best. And, uh, but it's it's always good to be around people that are working and and uh you know that pay
2: yeah
1: <laughs> definitely i've been treated very well i've been treated very well doing these things
2: yeah um so how how how'd they kill you that fast like if
1: you like did they say oh the okay, aliens they, <laughs> they 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 had the aliens big evil uh, aliens come earlier and, uh, that, was, that was great i mean i've done it a couple times and one other time was just a the easiest thing to shoot was a massive explosion right and uh um, so but whatever you know whatever is like oh no and then i die I, I i'm all for that i'll tell you what people that like fans of horror movies uh and are the the best fans in the world they'll go I do these comic cons, and you know you put your pictures out, all your different. I have quite a variety of stuff.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, but I've done a dozen horror cons, and just based on the fact that you know Roseanne and I did a cameo in, in
0: uh,
1: Freddy's dead or something, or mm-hmm. a couple other very small things, and I'll look around, and there'll be a huge line for somebody that was one of the uh, Michael Myers. You know, I think like a month before a mask. What, is, yeah, the hockey TV. mask type thing. Yeah. So, but it was one of those guys, and but uh, he's got a huge line. Just being one of the number six or number whatever. So the fans, uh, and, and I also noticed that these fans a lot of times they're filmmakers. You know, they make their little films, and you know they're always pitching me. We be in, we uh, be in our film. Well, how much are you gonna pay me? Yes, got to pay me. I can't do. I, I haven't thought it because then other people maybe would be mad, but uh, they all, uh, it's a network of people and they're always working on something, a short film or a film or something, and they just love it. So that's a good, I like it when people love stuff.
2: Yeah. Speaking of love, uh, one of my favorite movies that I love is uh, Undercover Blues. Mm-hmm and that oh, was yeah. one that was one you did and uh I, I was noticing because like uh you know when I was listening to other interviews because I try not to ask the same questions yeah. but I I no one ever asks you about that so I was wondering did you enjoy working
1: that with that I, one I did I did we felt that in New Orleans, which is always great fun. And, and Dennis uh Quaid who lived across the oh. street from me but he was uh, buried in big riot you know so I was with uh he was great to hang out with and you know, you you think back on these movies and, and what was the fun of it? You know, we had a director, Sir Herbert Ross was our director. He was a Steve director. Uh, uh, Park Overall played my wife, but she's just excellent. And uh, Kathleen uh, Turner was uh, uh, Dennis's uh, wife. And you know, there's a bunch of other people who uh, that that will remind me they were also in it. So it was uh, it was great fun. Uh, um, we went out. I one night we went to uh, uh, what's the big uh, club in uh, in New Orleans, Dennis and I went and, and saw the Stray Cats play a great concert. Tipitino
0: mm-hmm. uh,
1: was a, and you know I just uh, uh, this a couple of months ago Michael Madson, who's a guy I've worked with a lot and become friends with, uh, he was getting honored at this thing. And they asked me to come and support him, and I did. And Slim Jim was there from uh, the the uh, uh Stray Cats he looks the same I've aged 100 years but got to know him and his wife and and uh, talk about the music and uh so you know sometimes these things come around and and uh, I think Oba Babatunde was in that movie too if I remember correctly yeah uh, I haven't seen it for a long time but it was a it was great fun for me I did that it was one of the first things i had done. You know, uh, and I did, it was before True Lies. And then, after that, I did a movie called Hero with Dustin Hoffman. Mm-hmm. And I always tell people, you know, I had a small part, but you know, it was a key part. And my first scenes, really, in, in a movie. And I may have done Hero first, where with Dustin Hoffman, if you can imagine. Yeah. And, uh, so, and then True Lies, and then uh, it's all downhill from here. But uh, but no, it's uh, it's great fun, and you you once in a while you you remember stuff. There's things about it. When I watch the Roseanne show, it pops on the screen. I, I, you know, I feel, number one, you know, I had six great years on that show of writing and producing and acting, but I, when I watch an episode, or part of an episode, my assistant, like Sasha, likes to watch the episode, I remember what we were doing that day, where we smoked cigars, what were, you know, you kind of, you kind of have a bigger picture of what was going on on the set that day, but that was also a case of working with a lot of uh, amazing, talented uh, people. So very lucky.
2: I have the exact same thing. Like when I uh Norm's talk show, like I remember writing the jokes and stuff on that. And uh, like, I don't remember. I, I, I remember I didn't have fun writing for it, but I remember that the stories in there and stuff, you know what I mean? So like, I, I know well, what you're Lord,
1: talking about. You know, I hired Norm to write on Roseanne, and and when he when he, when he came out, he said, "Well, uh, there's one show if I got it, one thing that I'd like you to let me out of my contract for And I said, "What's that?" He said, "Well, hosting we get update on Saturday Night Live." Now I didn't think at that time, uh, uh, you know, that that was there was a chance, <laughs> but, but you always gotta you always gotta support somebody's real dream. You know, yeah. the football, gets a chance to coach they're all the They're like, you're like, well, okay, we'll let you out of your contract. But, but when it came time when, when, uh, Norm got the offer, the other producers, Carsey Warner did not want to let him out of his contract. And I, I had to go there and say, no, no, this is you, hey he's great. He's great for the show, but this is his dream and you cannot stop anyone from achieving their, their dream. So he, he went, he did very well. You know hilarious guy he was yeah. great i'd love to you know you come into work and uh and see if the writers really and, and go have a black eye and i go what happened well i guess i got drunk and uh went to uh the wrong house and my elderly neighbor beat me up so like he had the best you know he said, he the best
0: <laughs>
1: stories and uh brilliant storyteller and that was certainly a good opportunity for you to work on that show i will say the Roseanne writers will probably say they didn't have a lot of fun either but they were it's a they were very honored to to yeah. be there so you know writers are malcontents where uh you know comedy writers especially from the beginning of time from the beginning of television when Sid Caesar had your show of shows and he had, had Neil Simon and Mel Brooks and mm-hmm. uh, Carl Ryder and, and uh, uh Woody Allen where his right he his writing staff and just they you hear stories about how badly he treated them and, and uh <laughs> same with jackie gleason but it, it's it it began their career and it's hilarious
0: yeah and
1: uh, you know that you know they're not uh it's not cold biting but it also i think makes somebody funny for their next thing they take these experiences and and uh no one also knows what it's like to have to carry a show like that and back in those days the show was live
2: no yeah so, i you know
1: these these guys uh, that did that, whether it be Jackie Gleason or or, Sid or or uh, you know whoever, I mean that's a that's a heck of a thing to have on your shoulders, and and so yeah. you know I'm sure they're glad that they did it.
2: No, and I I want to be clear, like I I didn't like Norm didn't treat me bad at all. Like you know oh. he was my best friend. Yeah. Uh, what what happened was I just didn't enjoy writing for him. Right. That, no, that's that,
1: it. That's it. Like sense. yeah yeah, I mean, it's a lot of. Uh, pressure is a lot of work you know, there's a lot of late nights and there's a lot of stuff starting over yeah you know if you you know a sitcom if you get into a, a group when you first start a sitcom it's crazy hours for that. but I think what the great thing about Rosette is it's usually five days a week and they come in they read the script Monday they they you know notes you do this Tuesday you start putting it on its feet and then you get uh, great things for the actors themselves that are down there working on it. Yeah. Some funny stuff and stuff. And by the end of Roseanne we had a four-day week where, uh, you know, come in and uh, it, she wasn't throwing scripts out anymore because I would, I was, uh, uh, you know, on top of that before. I would work with the writers before they even came to the uh, table read.
2: So and you'd save I, her a step?
1: Well I did. I'd save, I'd save everybody a step. And then she you know we talk about stories first for a while we talk about well, how we see the season going
0: mm-hmm. and
1: then i'd say yeah i like that story uh, and then they break it down into an outline and i give notes on that and then i'd say okay we're going to do that one you know and i had input from rosette she'd say I'd, I'd like to get in this area or that area but it was uh, uh it was great because she she just sensed well no matter what happens it's going to be okay and so Man, they the, the actors were so good that, you know, they made all the material better and they worked the, the the machinery of it. So, you know, it worked very, very well.
2: Yeah. Well, one question I had for you is, is it easier to to write for you, like on your shows, or was it easy to write for... Because you were married to Roseanne for a time. Right. So, you know, I, I mean... I...
1: Yeah, I, I think that the reason... You know, I moved to to Los Angeles in 1988 to write the show. I mean, I lived in the Midwest before that. Rosanna and I did a bunch of comedy together, stand-up comedy, uh, travel around. We met when I was 23, and and she was uh, living in Denver. She wasn't famous yet, but she was very, very funny. I mean, yeah. she was different. And I saw the first time we worked together in Minneapolis. I was like, oh yeah, she is amazing. You know, she's a little older than me. She had kids. She had a whole different perspective uh you know she was very liberal back in those days and you know a feminist and stuff and i I'd, I'd been in the meat packing plant right before that i'm like i'd never met anybody like her and the key and i tell this to people uh if you want to get a man to love you uh but we already know we're good looking but you right. tell us, you tell us we're funny and then we'll follow you anywhere forever and Especially <laughs> since i knew she was funny and that acknowledgement like you're funny and I wish you would start writing some jokes for me because one of these days I'm going to go on Johnny Carson and uh uh, her character was so defined that at that uh, at that time it was easier to write for her character you know I was lazy about my stuff but it was fun and exciting to write jokes for her character and then in 1985 she went on Johnny Carson the first time and I remember watching it with my buddies back in Minneapolis and she did a couple jokes i'd written and i was like oh that is very satisfying yeah my friend killed it uh, uh, but two that was very satisfying and so uh, i think that the reason you know when i moved to la we were we were still friends you know i actually moved out there with a fiance from minneapolis it didn't work <laughs> out, but you know i was writing a a, a character that i knew uh, based on a that was her creation the show was her creation she never got created by credit on that show, which is crazy, and I think I don't think she ever got over that. You know, somebody that actually wrote the first script mm-hmm. uh, got that um, with her help. But uh, I, I I think it's it was easier then to write, and all the different characters you kind of get them. And and uh, originally she wa- she wanted me to be the John Goodman role. I had I had not acted at all, and I did go in with her and meet with them and and. Uh, it, it, it's so much better than this John Goodman. He's a brilliant trained actor. And yeah. I said, I'll just be happy. I'll be happy writing. And then so I I was a stand-up comic and now I'm a writer. And then the second season in 89, they said, You gotta be on the show, man. Because yeah. people know that you're together now and people will watch. And so I did that. And I was like, Okay, now I'm an actor. Whatever <laughs> it is, whatever pays the, the bills. But I was very nervous the first episode i did i think it was shot in september or october of 1989 the second season because there was a lot of pressure on me and also on her because this is her boyfriend and he's going to be on this show and i was struggling a little bit uh you know with the, uh getting there and then before the final run through in front of the network uh or she knew that, that that i was struggling and she said what you do and it was a great note a always stuck with me. You you walk into a room, balls first, because you own that room, and uh, it worked out, and uh, and it worked out very well, and, and uh, but it was a great note, and I'm grateful about that from her, and, and uh, certainly learned a lot of stuff from her, and Lori Metcalf, and John Goodman, and Stell Parsons, and you know what a great bunch of folks.
2: It's a great team. Alan, you, you got a question for Tom?
0: Yeah, you know, uh, he, he hit this, the subject uh, that I wanted to ask about in general, that uh, when I look at sitcoms, I'm a huge fan of sitcoms, and uh, of course, I watched Roseanne, it's funny, but it, they consistently, which is a great thing, mm-hmm. that the characters in sitcoms, uh, you know, they're usually every man, you know, if you go to a, a, a All in the Family, uh, and you want to go back a ways, uh, Life for Riley. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, and uh, even of all things, uh, people don't mention Amos and Andy. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. They 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 give uh, everybody a, a a beautiful slice of life mm-hmm. uh, on every man. And when you look at other countries, uh, the United States, you, I have to admit, you know, we are uh, the sitcom uh, country. You know,
1: no, we are the and the Hollywood. I mean, uh, the, the whole industry. You know uh, the way that we've uh, made it huge. You know yes. and what happened is uh, uh, there's a lot of Jewish families in the garment business back in the day, hundred and some years ago. Then a couple of them like said, "Well, we'd like to be in the movie business and the entertainment business." And they started these amazing uh, studios. And uh, uh, you know, it, it's been a you know this great, very American business you know, yes, really, I mean, they make movies around the world, but it's not even close to yeah. what we have done. And, uh, you know, I the the I mean, Yes, it's the best show. I mean, what's the honeymooners? It came out every other show. That's right. It's trying to be the honeybooters That's right. Because the bar is set so high. That's right. And, you know, you do different versions of that. There's some shows that are not about working class people or people struggling or, or, you know, day to day minutia of life, but, you know, the honey set the bar right. uh, so high that, it, you know, I think we've all if, in our experience tried to tried to emulate that and steal from that and get back to that. And, uh, you know, sometimes it you do get lucky at the first thing is the best thing, but that doesn't stop you from trying to, to get back to that. So right. I think the Roseanne show, I think those shows, are uh, all shows uh, like that owe a debt of gratitude to what you, they you did. know,
0: Roseanne is, is is one of the greatest examples of, of that. And uh, uh, it's funny when you think about Gomer Pyle, uh, I was wondering if the sergeant was uh, emulating.
1: Think
0: about Gomer Pyle. Think about Gomer. <laughs> you know, I, I just I, I meant when the sergeant's is screaming at Gomer, uh, yeah. I was wondering if he was emulating Gleason. <laughs>
1: Well, you know, Gober Pile Jim Neighbors who played Gober is really interesting, because, you know, I loved Gober growing up. Yeah, me loved too. I
0: loved
1: Andy Griffith Show, I loved it. But Jim Neighbors who played yeah. Dumb, it's all very hard to play Dumb, and if you see a guy playing Dumb in a, oh. a comedy team or anything, they're in charge of it. They're the brains behind it, and it goes to Laurel Hardy and uh, yes. Abba Costello, Martin right. Lewis, That's the right. Dumb guy, which they even the Trailer Park Boys now the dub guy bubbles he's the kind of the mastermind of the whole thing <laughs> so Jim neighbors just loved his uh call me play so dumb. but then I heard him sing you dream the impossible dream because he was he's a great <laughs> yeah, singer oh that's right and that that uh you know that uh was always super funny to me that he yeah. uh it was, was to me too that he was this brilliant singer too which you know, I think once you've done the dumb guy in comedy, you can do anything. It's, yeah. it's it's the hardest thing. Comedy in general is the hardest thing. That's why so com- so many comedians all of a sudden do a dramatic role and people are like, oh, my God, he's brilliant. And uh, I think a lot of comedians have that in them. Uh, but, you know, they've been focusing on the comedy stuff, which is mm-hmm. very hard. It's hard to keep it fresh and it's hard to keep it mm-hmm. real. And I have much respect for anybody that does that, and uh, there's certainly a lot of them. And Roseanne was one of the, the groundbreaking uh, uh, comedians, and, and best female, uh, ever. And uh, opened a lot of doors for people. And yeah. uh, but but uh, as with a lot of things, you know, as you get up in in uh, life, you it, you still say, well, how do I be relevant in the comedy world? How do I do? And then sometimes people take giant, uh, <laughs> you know, they change. And people, as they get older, they do change, you know, and she's changed a lot. But uh, that doesn't take away from anything she did, you know, when she was killing it. So,
2: well, you you know, you talk about opening doors. I I think you got to give yourself credit, too, because you open doors for a lot of people. I mean, you've opened doors for me, you know. So, like, I mean, you know, that's what I think it's all about is helping
1: each other. Well, it is. And if you do people like you, Keith, or, and then they show up and perform and they're great. It just makes me look better. Uh, It's, you know, I had a thing on the Roseanne show, half of the writers I would hire who were buddies like comedians. I knew they were funny. I knew they had a point of view and that would teach them the form to write a script. And then the other, Jay Daniels, great executive producer who'd done moonlighting before that. He would hire a half of old you know older Hollywood, uh, solid guys and put that together mm-hmm. with the new young guys with the points of view, and it, it, you know, it all It just made me look good because I would, with uh, people that I've uh, you know, and I just I, I assume Roseanne felt that way about me at one time when you bring somebody in, they do well, you're like, well, that just reflects uh, well on my uh, decisions and it makes me. The, look good. And, uh,
0: mm-hmm.
1: you know, especially as an executive producer, I bring in these guys and they're killing it. They're such amazing uh, writers. So, yeah, it, it's very good to help people. It's very good to uh, mentor people, help people, mm-hmm. give them opportunities. But, uh, it, you know, usually, you know what they're going to do. And it's going to end up making you look good. I mean, you do have to put it out there. You have to, you, like, I want this guy or this woman to do this. And, and they're like, are you sure i go no, yeah i'm sure and that uh, it's very satisfied when that works out uh, uh
2: i i have a uh, three twitter questions from you but i i wanted to i i mean this might not be a, a question but i heard on a podcast from david letterman that the uh, the hardest person he's ever had to interview uh, was steven seagal because he said steven seagal just had no personality, and he had to interview I, I, him I, I, nine times,
1: so uh, yeah, I wanted yeah.
2: to know, since you worked with him, is that yeah, kind
1: of... I, I agree with uh, David Letterman, uh, <laughs> you know, and uh, man, and I have to say, man, David Letterman, man, when I was in college, uh, I, I'd watch a show, like, I gotta, that guy, that there's that guy is freaking amazing, and I remember telling people, I'm gonna be on David Letterman in six months, this is after when I was still performing at the University of Iowa, and it took a long time, but I was on there and a bunch. I got to co-host, uh, fill in for him twice. I don't think anybody else has done that. Wow. Once he had heart thing and All right. once he had a jiggles and what an honor. That was a nerve wrecking experience. So, but yeah, Steven Seagal, he's, uh, he's right. <laughs> Steven Seagal is, <laughs> you know, and, uh, an exclusive <laughs> it was a pretty good action movie, right? And him and DMX and uh, who I loved, but yeah, he, he's a weird. He's a weird dude. He has no sense of humor about himself, you know. Uh, no, you know, no. I told some stories from the set, and uh, he reached out to a mutual guy. I said, "Who's paying Tom to tell make fun of me?" And I said, "Tell him nobody. No, that's what I do. And, you know, I make fun of Arnold. I make fun of all the, you know. And uh, if you get that, you know, I mean, he's his life is. He has proven who he is. He's uh, friends with Putin." you know he's uh, been t- terrible to women
0: yeah.
1: uh he's terrible to his co-stars to other people he takes himself way too seriously and the truth is he did you know he started out he had some uh, chops for sure and made a couple good moves that that hold up you know and uh even when I worked with him um the movie opened number one and he had a chance to do more but he screwed it up at Joel Silver a huge uh action producer, Hollywood mm-hmm. producer produced yeah. it, Andres Bartowak, great director, and great supporting actors, Anthony Anderson, a bunch of other uh, uh, people. But, you know, he his ego screwed it up. And so the next one I did with the same bunch of people was Cradle of the Grave and Jet Li <laughs> was the action star, who I love, Jet Li. That was, was probably crazy. way better. Amazing. Well, I was really excited about Jet Li. You know, his <laughs> hands are like that big. He's about this tall and he can beat the shit out of everybody that's the real thing he's a very gifted uh performer martial artist uh great guy that have, you can have fun with him and uh so that was a you know people still talk about that that movie and uh and so yeah it was a good experience but I think Steven Skull's you know his personality is uh you know I mean you gotta be, able be hard you gotta <laughs> be able to laugh at yourself Right oh, sure. now he is, I'm pretty sure I could take him number one, and I thought that at the time. But, uh, you know, he is so big, you know, we all laugh at ourselves when we get incredibly big. I've been very big. In fact, uh, he does the weird martial arts stuff in Russia with Eddie, and he's huge. He's, he's not in shape, he's not, and even what I worked with him he couldn't lift his leg up to do a kick. and. He would start the move, and then a a great stunt guy would come in and finish it. So uh, that seems like stuff you could really laugh about if it were me or you guys or, you know, to make fun of yourself a little bit, self-deprecating. But, yeah, he's just not capable of that.
2: All right.
1: Well, I got uh, these
2: three Twitter
1: questions are actually fast answers. Okay, good. Uh, Uh, Good. uh, Tom, who is your favorite TV wife you've worked with? Well, uh, let's see here. Alison Laplaca was great. I did two shows with her. She's Shannon Tweed, was my, who's Jane Simmons' wife, who's beautiful, was my wife in one of my shows. And when I first, they said, "Hey, we're considering Shannon Tweed." I'm like, "Oh my God!" Because I grew up. Shannon Tweed was a playmate. And she she has there's one poster I had in my room of her, and when you're my age, when you're growing up, Playboy magazine, like, oh my gosh, the and you know you have a couple of posters up, and hers was one of them, and I was just in love with her and a couple of the other playmates of that day, and to sit there and work with her, you know, it just took me back to my childhood, and she looked amazing. She still looks as this day, and she's just very very uh, cool. And, uh, you know, I've had some, you know, I've had some wives that I just uh, 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 carol Cade with uh, a wife of mine in uh, one of the movies. And, you know, I've had a few that I'm sure I'm not, uh, I wish I would have been prepared for this because there's been a whole bunch. There's been a whole bunch of wives and kids that I really enjoyed working with and, and uh, have seen grown up and they are just become great adults. And uh, you never, when someone plays your kid in a movie, you never, it, lose you know, contact you know, you know, yeah as a kid and i i racially cook who i'd done uh carpool with uh years later we did a movie called uh, the final season a baseball movie and uh i think shot asked it and a bunch of and i think she played Sean's wife or whatever and i was talking to her about and she said tom i am not a child anymore i have a child i go oh my god that is crazy yeah so there's uh um you know, uh, I mean, Santa Bernhardt was a great wife, you know, on the Roseanne show. She's just, and she still kills it. Santa Bernhardt was a great, I mean.
0: Oh, she's amazing. She's she is amazing. Really interesting.
1: She is still amazing. <laughs> and she was amazing, Dad. She's a comedy icon. And I just found her to be delightful, you know. Uh, mm-hmm. Just it's so cool to work with her, even though her character uh, became gay because I was her husband, (laughs) which is funny uh, to me. But she uh, she's great. I wish I could think of more. Um, But there's been a a whole bunch of movies and TV that uh, that I really uh, appreciated. Uh, And then a
2: second Twitter question. Tom, have you
1: and Hugh Grant made up? Well, I don't know that we have to make (laughs) up, you know. Uh, uh, Hugh Grant is... You taught you me know, we did uh, nine months together and had a lot of fun at he his career he has done amazing you know when we did nine buds I just done true lies and he done four weddings at a funeral so I mean that's how so the next movie we we're gonna get paid for right and uh, uh, it was that whole experience Robin Williams and Jody Cusack here's one of my favorite ones Joni Cusack who was my wife of that I cannot forget her she's the best that uh, Julia Moore was his and and uh, Jeff Goldblum, and, and the movie holds up. And then uh, he went on to, uh, you know, uh, yeah, yes, he did get arrested with a prostitute, while we were, uh, which is hilarious to me now. And, uh, you know, uh, I do have a longer story that I'm not going to tell, but, <laughs> but you know, he's done so well. And then I, I really respect what he's done. First of all, he's become a father, which mm-hmm. always, I know for me, like okay, that's that was my goal. That was, and I see him become a father, a brilliant actor, and then politically he's on the same side as me. It you know him, him talking about Boris Johnson uh, putting stuff out, and me, Trump, would put basically the same stuff. I wish him the best. You know uh, he went through some stuff with the tabloids uh, tapping his phone and doing it one, And it was the same. Uh, tabloid, You know, we made the movie with Fox, uh, made nine months as we did uh, uh, True Lies. And you know, so the same people that were, you know, the Murdochs, then they used their London uh, tabloid to tap his phone and, uh, uh, you know, uh, and do all these terrible things and tap the phones of people who lost whose children had died. And Hugh Grant stood up for, to that. And he put himself out there. And uh he got uh, uh what's the guy that uh, no, is his name Morgan? No. Morgan, something Morgan. Right. Uh what's, what's his first he's got a talk show, I think on Fox again. But um, he was the guy that ran the newspaper. So yeah. when I hear that guy, Pierce Morgan, I don't know what it is, but well, I hear right. him complaining about Hollywood people and Hollywood actors and stuff, I at getting in trouble or whatever, I I think, well he's the guy that had somebody tap a mother of a dead child's phone so he really pierce morgan he really has no i mean he's fine but but he really has no high moral ground you know yeah. in to that stuff you know what none of us have incredibly high moral ground, but uh to <laughs> others, but uh he, it's ironic with him wow. okay what's next
2: and then the last question is tom what's your favorite tom arnold movie
1: Favorite, uh, you know, I, I've been in 150 movies, uh, four good ones. That's what I saying. But I've been in a few other good ones. You know, I think <laughs> back at, you know, obviously Through Lies was such a great opportunity. Yeah, all it's a great film. And, uh, you know, it holds up, and and you know, like Nine Butts and and uh, the other movies like Carpool and Stupid People Like and the and Big Bully and and then you know, I've done some smaller movies, dramatic parts. Uh, Animal Factory was a very, you know, it was the first dramatic role I did. I played a prison rapist. Uh, Steve Buscemi directed. Will Defoe and and uh, Mickey Rourke, a bunch of really good actors, and we filmed in a prison, uh, at a prison, a Holberg Penitentiary or something that had been closed down outside of Philadelphia, and it was it had some vibes in it, this place. And I my fear was, you know, I got a call. My agent said, if you agree to do this movie, they'll do. They'll be able to shoot the movie because they're adding up the pieces of how much each person is worth. And, and it was a Eddie Bunker uh, based on his book and script and just had a lot of bona fides. And uh, I said yeah. And then I got out there and I see working with all these great actors and I thought, I, my fear was when they screen the movie, people are going to love it, it's dark, and then they see me as this character, Buck, whatever, and they're going to laugh and it's going to take people out of the movie. But it, it in fact worked. Yeah, and Not that it's a compliment that people are like, yeah, I can see him as a prison rapist. But I was it worried about This
2: proves you're a great actor,
1: though. Yeah, yeah. And then I did a movie called Gardens of the Night, which not a lot of people saw, but won a bunch of awards in Europe. But it, it was about uh, uh, pedophiles and uh, these kids that run away and live on the streets in, in uh, Hollywood. And really, what, what, was, what happens to them now? What happened to them before? And there was a lot of very, very good... John Malkovich was a good guy and I was the bad guy. And anytime you time you could say that in a movie, I mean, that's a, you know. But I want to say John Malkovich is one of the funniest people I've ever, in the makeup trailer, he had so many characters going on and, and all the hair and makeup people loved him, which he does is it's weird because he doesn't have hair, but loved it so much because he would come in each day and tell these stories or come in as a character. And he was just very, very funny. Yeah, and we know he's a great serious actor but he's hilarious so that's that's it that's what All i got right. for you boys well
2: All thanks right. tom We're, where can the folks at home follow and support you
1: uh well i'm on uh twitter i think it's at tom arnold i think on right. instagram i'm at the real tom arnold or the tom arnold i'm on facebook and i uh, have a, a public account and private account. my private account i didn't know how to i just let everybody out until i got five thousand people and then then could, nobody can follow you know because I, it's always I'm a little insecure about saying no to people, yeah. and so and then I I, joined Threads. I don't know if I'm gonna be able to. Threads is awesome. Yeah. Well, I gotta learn. I, I want to see people that I know there. First of all, my first thing is how do I get how do I follow all the people I followed from, uh, Twitter because I like them, and it's it's a complicated. You think it would just transfer over? It transfers your Instagram people, I think. But it's going to take me a while to figure out how to do it. But anyway, congratulations, guys. We'll see you next time. Thank you, Tom. All right. Thanks, Tom. Have a good day, buddy. Have a good one, now.
0: All Uh, right. All right, guys. That was the interview
2: with Tom Arnold. Uh, Subscribe, Brave Review, and we'll see you guys next week.
0: All right. You're listening to Razor Riffs with Keith Razor.
1: And Alan Lee, right here on LA
2: Talk Radio. Hey guys, thanks for listening to the show. I really appreciate it. If you enjoyed it, please subscribe and review on Apple Podcast. Give us some feedback—good, honest, terrible—doesn't matter. Also, follow us on social media: Twitter, Instagram, Facebook at Razor Riffs. I am also on Stereo, if you would like to chat with me there, www.stereo.com slash Keith and on Cameo, www.cameo.com slash Keith If you enjoyed the show, please send us a donation on the Anchor
0: app. We really do appreciate it, and we'll rift with you again soon.